Jessica Crow. I'm the founder of Apogee and the host of Change Leader Insights, which is a podcast all about leadership and change. And we think about it in three different ways, self-leadership, team leadership, and change leadership. And today I have here with me Jody Brandstetter. She is the CEO of Influence Network Media. She's the author of three books. She's a, she's a lead facilitator for By Design Brainery, and she's a brand strategist. And when I first spoke with Jody, I was really impressed with her knowledge of design thinking, not only how she applied it to her, uh, her role when she was in HR to improve processes and value delivery, but how she's applied it to her own life from taking the leap from being an HR professional to becoming an author, a publisher, and a coach. Um, and design thinking is a really hot topic in leadership change and innovation. So I'm really happy, Jody, to have you here on the show today. Thank you so much for making time. Um, I know I gave a little bit of an overview, but how about your backstory? Tell us who you are and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, thank you for having me, Jessica. I'm so excited to chat with you again. Our first conversation, I thought, um, went really well. So I'm excited to, to be here. And um, so yeah, my name's Jody. I'm originally from Indiana. Um, I live in Cincinnati, Ohio now. I've been in HR, mostly talent acquisition for over 20 years. Like I'm almost on my 25th year. So <laughs> I've been in it for a while. <laughs> yes, it's been a lot of experience. But the last five years, I started my entrepreneur journey, mm -hmm. decided to leave corporate America. I wanted flexibility. I wanted to own my own job, my own career, be my own boss. Um, so I did that by becoming a, you know, pretty much a recruiter, a contract recruiter. I had a lot of um, stints where I helped when someone was on maternity leave to mm -hmm. then, then evolving into a consultant for companies to help them use design thinking and their hiring strategies. And now, you know, I really focus on helping people brand themselves in the way they want to be branded, mm -hmm. um, but also elevate their careers, their companies through design thinking methodologies. Yeah, which is so incredible. So for those of the you know listeners that aren't familiar with design thinking, what is that exactly? Yeah, so it's a methodology. It's, if you know, Lean or Six Sigma, like all of these are methodologies that you can use when you're trying to solve a problem, you mm -hmm. have a challenge. What design thinking does differently is that it looks at the challenge, not just in a business perspective, but through the lens of a person, mm. you know, every challenge we have in an organization deals with people. Absolutely. So, yes. So if you want to be able to solve a problem that people have, you really need to think about them too. And so that's what yeah. design thinking does. It looks at the lens of, is it desirable as far as like how you're going to solve this problem? Will people mm -hmm. do it? But then they also look if it's feasible and viable for the business. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't move a forward, a process that's awesome for people. If it's going to hinder the company, right. so you really have to have a nice little um, blend of making sure it works on both sides. And that's exactly what design thinking does. Yeah. And I, you know, I think that's why people who are uh, practicing change management, full-time practitioners are so interested in learning more about design thinking, because what we do as change leaders is think about the needs, the experience of the people that are impacted by those innovations, the changes that are happening in the organization. So there's a lot of synergy there. Um, you know, when you and I first spoke, you even applied design thinking to 
your, you know, how you made the decision to move from where you were to becoming an entrepreneur. What, what was that process like for you? Um, Cause you know, as we think about self-leadership, team leadership, change leadership, that's sort of a, a great starting point, that foundation of what do I need as myself? Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of times we forget to check in on ourselves and, and yeah. understand our needs, our wants and our desires. We think about everyone else, right? Our families, our companies, the businesses that we work for. And so um, when I was transitioning from corporate America to being an entrepreneur, one, I didn't know what design thinking was. So everything that I was doing that was design thinking focused, no clue that there was a methodology for it. <laughs> But, you know, one thing that I've always believed in is that failure is actually a positive thing. Mm -hmm. um, it helps you learn and grow. Um, so every time I failed as a business owner, I took that experience and said, how can I do it better next time? Or was that yeah. the right route for me? And, you know, when I was transitioning from corporate America to entrepreneur, the first thing I did was I did what was easy what mm -hmm. I could do simply. And that was go straight into being a recruiter. You know, I've mm -hmm. been that my whole life. Even when I was a leader in an organization, I always continued to recruit. So mm -hmm. it was so easy to do that. And then I realized like, I didn't push myself. I didn't right. expand. I didn't ideate right. on what are these other things I want to do? I didn't think about my purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, my purpose wasn't to be a recruiter for other organizations. My purpose was to serve others and yeah. to help them do better. Um, so, you know, that is 100% like a, a general phrase that every design thinker is focused on is how can yeah. you do better for others? Yeah. You know, yeah. You don't focus on, I mean, yeah, you focus on yourself, but when you're thinking about solving a problem, it's usually not your problem you're solving. Right. That's a good point. And so, you know, as you were thinking about applying and you applied design thinking to what, you know, how do I serve others from that came the idea to, okay, well, maybe I can, you know, well, you really just, you started to research, I believe, uh, design thinking at, at length and got really excited about it. And, you know, you're like, oh, I, you know, now I can, I'm so knowledgeable in this space. I'm going to write a book about it. I'm going to write three books about it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, I, you know, one thing I learned when I became an entrepreneur is you have to separate yourself. You have to, you know, you have to be the obvious choice to your clients. So what, yeah. what can I, how can I separate myself from maybe other HR consultants? And the first thing I thought about was the methodology. If I yeah. use a methodology, my clients will probably, you know, want that, right? They, every company loves to have a step one to a step two to a yes. step three, you know, it's nice to have a process. And I am extremely process driven in general. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I started researching um, methodologies, came to design thinking and thought, hmm, that's interesting and kind of just put it in the back of my mind. And then I was at a HR conference and there was a design thinking course. And I was like, oh, I want to go. And then I sat there going, I love this. <laughs> you know, I loved that. It made me think outside the box. It yeah. made me really think about who I was, you know, trying to solve this problem for. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden it made me realize that HR, the biggest thing that we do is experiences. We mm -hmm. help provide experiences for employees, for candidates, for our business, the business owners, um, so that that experience is something that people want to come back to Yeah, and they want to, they want to do it again. Right. Like no one wants to hire someone 
and they don't come back to day two, right? right? That's like the worst experience. Right. So how do you keep them coming back? How do you keep them wanting to stay, you know, coming back to their job or to their organization? Same with customers, you know, you want yeah. your customer to come back. So, um, you know, yeah, I just fell in love with it and then decided, well, I probably should be, I'm, I'm like that person that like goes down a rabbit hole and doesn't come out. And so <laughs> that rabbit hole led me to IDOU. I got um, the advanced certification uh-huh. and fell in love with it, started using it with my clients. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, I was like, well, I know so much about it. Might as well write a book and share and that I, wisdom. Yeah. And I wanted to share it in a way that the people who I serve can use it. And that's why I did hire by design because it mm-hmm. helps you see it how to use design thinking and hiring, which is not yeah. the traditional route that most people think of design thinking for. They think right. about products. Um, so I'm like, let me let me shine a light on how this can work within the space that I know best. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's very relevant for change management professionals. And many are actually in HR organizations today, or there's HR professionals who are required to um leverage their change management skills because what they're doing is rolling out programs and processes and policies that impact the end user. And, you know, you mentioned you want the hiring, you know, the candidate to come back, you want the customer to come back. And in the change management world, you want to have your end user accept, adopt, and sustain the change. And that sustainment piece means that's resilience. They're coming back. They're not quitting their jobs. They're not having their, you know, morale affected um, and so I think that's a really, a really great way to, you know, for people who are listening, think about, go learn more about design thinking and how you can apply that as a change leader, a team leader, you know, and, and to that end. So if I am the manager of a team and let's say I have a team that sort of gets along, sort of doesn't, and I want to help them become even more effective with whatever it is we're doing, HR or any function aside, how could I apply design thinking? to that, you know, to team leadership. Can you give me some examples that might be helpful for people who lead people? Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing you want to do is really understand your team and Mm -hmm. your team dynamics. Mm -hmm. And so within design thinking, that's understanding your audience. And that Mm -hmm. really lies heavily on empathy Mm. and um, observation and interviewing and really kind of understanding the, the individuals, yeah. yeah, the current state and, um, design thinking doesn't do focus groups where you, you take someone out of their, you know, normal state environment and ask questions. Mm-hmm. It says to observe. So the first thing I would do if I'm, and I do this whenever I'm a leader or in a group is yeah. I sit and listen. Mm. And I just want to see what people are saying, what people are doing. Um, I, and I take notes and those notes are either questions that I have or just observations or, you know, like, for example, if one of your team members always has headphones in, what are they listening Mm -hmm. to? What are they doing? You know, I'm curious. I'm a nosy person. And that's great for design thinking. You want to kind of be nosy. So, (laughs) you know, you want to observe your team. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you want to go back and interview your team Mm -hmm. one-on-one with specific questions that you want to understand. So if you see dynamics aren't working well between different people on your team, you're never going to know unless you ask what's going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you may have questions around there. You might have questions from your observation. 
you know, like, Hey, I see you you have your earbuds in. Are you listening to a podcast? Is it music? Like what, what keeps you so focused at work that you're doing mm-hmm. such a great job, right? You're just learning about the person. Um, and that really helps you then understand what challenges are they facing? You know, right. we have assumptions that, you know, Joe and Jan aren't getting along when actually they get along just fine. It's just that they're very open with each other. Their dialogue is very open. Yeah. It might sound aggressive, but they actually work well together. Got and it. What's, yeah. what the problem is, is no one understands that around them. Got and so it. all of a yeah. sudden you have to make sure they know, like Joe and Jan actually enjoy working together. They like pushing each other's, you know, boundaries, helping them expand and and continue to grow. So you, you have to really get to know the team. So, Mm -hmm. um, you should never be stuck in your office, um, all day, unless, you know, you have back-to-back meetings. I totally get it, but you want to be out there with your team as much as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and if you're virtual, that's a little bit harder. So it's more of like having, you know, maybe a remote party where everybody's just working while they're on a, on a virtual meeting together. Yeah. Um, so you want to really get to know them. Then you can start looking at how you can solve some problems or challenges they have. Got and it. then if you know your team that well, wow, how awesome would it be to bring someone on that team? How awesome would it be for a candidate to hear a manager who can actually talk about their team in a holistic, authentic way. Right. And I want to be, I want to be on that team. I want a manager who understands me and who I am and what drives me, what motivates me, what makes me excited, what, excuse my language, pisses me off. You know, (laughs) I want that person. Uh, That's going to be a manager who's going to get me and, and to help me, you know, be the best employee I can be. So really having a good understanding, a good foundation of what your team is, is going to help you bring the right new team players into, into your team. Yeah. And go through that, that problem solving process that you mentioned, you know, when it comes to change leadership, change is often, um, you know, we, we rely on our managers, our frontline managers to be those advocates and implementers of change. And that, you know, if they don't have that good pulse on the people leadership piece, right? Um, maybe they uh, haven't been trained themselves. Um, you know, could they use design thinking to a optimize and develop the team? And then, so when a change is happening in the organization, then they could use their design thinking too, right? To implement um, with support from you know their leadership the change across the team. So let's say they're implementing, I don't know, a new policy that affects people, right? There's a return to work a couple days a week. Like how could I, as a team leader, leverage my design thinking to implement this policy? And I'm just sort of, you know, based on what you're saying, it'd be understanding the team, like what works for them when they work at home, um, what works for them when they work in the office and coming up with some agreements on how that's going to look and feel. And then, so that's sort of like using design thinking, right. To implement Mm -hmm. change. Should I get that right? Yeah, absolutely. And if we just take that policy to the next level, so once you really understand your team and those Mm -hmm. dynamics, now you can be creative and innovative and come up with a variety of ideas on what this policy does, Mm -hmm. right? So now that you understand your team, let's just say that, you know, when your team's polling reports, the best place to do that is from home, less distraction, Mm -hmm. Um, so maybe the, you know, what days do they pull the reports? Those are the days that they get to work from home, Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm. So coming up with all these different ideas on how to, you know, base this policy 
And then not just making that decision in a silo, right? Going back and saying, Hey team, I have all these wonderful ideas or bring your team into the ideation session, do brainstorming together and say, let's come up with ideas. Um, but getting feedback, understanding if it's going to work or not, not saying that every policy is going to be perfect for the employee, but how awesome would it be, Jessica, if you knew that a policy was being made for a return to work and that you understood why why that was happening and that you saw that they were taking into consideration what the employees thought, you know, so much of the time it's in the, it's closed door. You don't know what's going on. That uncertainty kills us all as people. I mean, it just makes your creativity go down. Like uncertainty is horrible. So just having a little bit of an open dialogue is something that design thinking can do because you have to get feedback to continue through the process. Yeah. And then the other thing that, you know, when you're thinking about this with design thinking is the prototyping stage. Yeah. A prototype is not the solution. It's not the final solution. It's a Mm -hmm. test. Right. Let's test it out. Let's take 90 days and let's test out this new um, back to work policy. And throughout that time, I'm going to stress test it, see how it's working. And then we're going to say, is it working or not? Right. And it could be pretty solid, but just needs to be tweaked here and there. That's iteration. And all of a sudden you have a better policy than what you created. And it still meets the expectations of the business and the people. And it's going to work well. Now yeah. I'm going to tell you with that example, you're going to have people who refuse to come back to the office right. and you're going to lose them in general. Like right. there's not, this isn't perfection. This isn't going to like make, you know, rainbows and sunshine is not, you know, <laughs> the end of design thinking, Yeah. but it does hopefully help you with creating a solution that's going to work well. That's going to, you know, hopefully improve what's going on today and the main thing to me is the iteration part. You don't mm-hmm. just let it sit there and gather dust and say, yeah. this is the policy. We've had this policy for five years. <laughs> no, you keep looking at it and going, does it still work? Is it still effective? Yeah, And if it's not, it, yeah, come back, come back to it. Like nothing should be stagnant um, within your policies, your procedures. Doesn't mean that you're going to change them every six months. But you're right. at least going to go back and re- revisit it. I mean, as an HR person and as a TA person, I tell people they should be applying to their own positions at least once a year, if not twice a year. Got it. See how it feels. Yeah. Because things change, right? Like yeah. all of a sudden, if you don't have a laptop anymore and you only have your mobile and you apply and it's a horrible experience, guess what? Other people like you only have their mobile. Right. So maybe you need to make it mobile friendly or maybe you get rid of the application. I don't know, but right. you can't fix it unless you know it's broken. Right. That's, so everything that you've said, there's so many similarities um, and I guess synergies between uh, design thinking and change management. When you were talking about how some people will just never want to come back to work, we call those resistors or detractors in change management. And one of the biggest challenges in change management is bringing that end user, that 
impacted stakeholder into the process, often change management is brought in after the strategic decision has been made, mm -hmm. after they've configured or designed or developed whatever the solution is going to be, whether it's you know a structured people process. And they're like, okay, change management leaders, go implement this change. And we're often advocating for, hey, we need to be further upstream in the process. By the way, so do these impacted stakeholders. But what you're giving us in this conversation is a tool to say, let's leverage our design thinking. Let's bring that into the conversation to make this a holistic end-to-end -end experience. So, you know, I, I love that. I'm really excited about this conversation because I think we can leverage design thinking to do just that, to be a part of those strategic conversations, to do that prototyping, to be iterative, um, and to not work in silos and just implement things and, and really think about if we're going to do this, how does it impact my team? How does it impact other teams and have more collaboration, I guess, across the, across the organization? Yeah, um, absolutely. Does, does design I mean, thinking, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, um, HR has the same problem. We yeah. get thrown in at the end. Like, yeah. Hey, like, fix here's, the, work, here's <laughs> yeah. the workforce planning, go find these people <laughs> in a place that no one lives, go, you know, be, <laughs> Um, and so that's one of the reasons I thought design thinking is great for HR too, because yeah. it's a strategic method of solving problems that you can do within your own team mm -hmm. and then highlight it to the rest of the organization saying, look what we were able to do with this tool that we have. And oh, by the way, if you include us in these conversations, like that's, that's, you know, so it just gives a lot of reasons why leaders or other departments want to work with you and, yeah. and bring you in earlier than later. Well, the whole adoption piece becomes almost a non-issue because you've already, you're building that into your yeah. process by having people involved early on and helping mm -hmm. co-create not just the plan to implement, but the actual solution. What do you think are some of the most um, challenging aspects of being able to implement design thinking. Uh, and, and I'll just give an example. I feel like in a, uh, not feel, I know from experience time, there's a lot of, you know, we've got a deadline. We've got, we don't have time, you know, we don't have six weeks for this to happen. We don't have three months to test this out. Um, is there a place in design thinking where, you know, I mean, you know, building the business case and I'm sort of like, I guess, brainstorming right now, but how, how can we leverage design thinking to advocate for just more appropriate or feasible modes of operating without impacting the business and our, you know, organization's ability to be responsive and competitive. I mean, is there, how would you, you know, any, yeah. any there? I, I mean, design thinking, it's not something that should take I mean, it can take six months, right? Mm -hmm. But you can do it in a day. Like mm -hmm. legit, when you talk about a policy, it's not like you're building a product, right? right? You're right. talking about a document mm -hmm. that you're, you know, trying to build. So, you know, one thing I would say is, you know, if you're concerned about the timing or the amount of effort each step takes, mm -hmm. put it through a very simple problem. Mm -hmm. And solve that before you go to your bigger problems. Yeah. Because once you do it, you know, just like everything else, the more you do it, the more comfortable, the more, you know, you, you include it into, it becomes part of your process and everything. So that's one thing to think about is don't put it in the largest problem that you have in your organization. Right out the gate. Yeah. yeah. Maybe find something smaller to play with. Right. And this is very much a playing type 
methodology. It you want to be engaged. You want to be, you know, exploring. So, um, you know, definitely making it a little bit more of a fun situation is also a, a perk and a benefit of design thinking. But yeah. The other thing about design thinking too is, I, and I don't know, most probably design thinkers probably like don't like when I say this, but you don't have to do the whole thing. Like yeah. you have, you're trying to figure out how to find more candidates in a specific, you know, area of the, of the world brainstorm, do a brainstorm session. Yeah. You know, that yeah. could be literally five minutes. I mean, it's not, it doesn't have to be like 20 minutes of like coming up with ideas. Cause if you think about it, you have 10 people in a room, you give them a minute, all of them come up with 10 ideas. That's a hundred ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need more than that? No, <laughs> no, no. And in fact, when you see those hundred ideas, you're then going to be able to say there's themes and say, oh, yeah. here's this theme and here's that theme. And all of a sudden you're clustering all these ideas. And then you're having a conversation saying, oh, I really like this idea, but a concern that we have would be X, Y, and Z. Then some, one of those other nine people either, you know, give you the reason why that's not a concern or say, you know what, I get that. I see that. Look at this idea. This idea mm -hmm. looks really amazing. And all of a sudden you're coming together, maybe in a 30, 45 minute session, and you come up with maybe two or three ideas on how to recruit a, a candidate in a space that is hard to find a hard skill set or a hard location. And it took you 30 to 45 minutes. Right, and now you right. have a strategy to move forward with. Just like, you know, so you don't have to, in my opinion, go from step one to step two, step three, you know, if you already understand your audience, yeah. move forward. If you already have like five ideas, prototype them, right. you know, test them out. It It's one of those things where I feel like it has a nice flow if you go from step one to step five, but I think you could, you can jump in at other steps and still get the benefit yes. of it. Um, yeah. so, so don't feel like, and that's the other thing, like everyone's like, I have to go from one thing to another, like a robot. No, you know, we, we can, you know, we can change it up. We can, you know, you can start with the prototype and realize you failed. It was the worst prototype ever and say, <laughs> I need to go back to the, go back, to to go back. But that doesn't mean you can't start there. You know, I so. really like that you're saying this because there's a lot of people that I have coached in change management and especially project management. No offense to project managers, but they're very linear. Like I got to do this and this and this. A lot of it's around documentation mm -hmm. and following the steps. And it makes sense. And it's refreshing to hear that, you know, adapt this methodology based on what your needs are, what the current situation is. And I would say the same applies to change management methodology. If you're stuck in this rigid, I have to do these things and you're not thinking about it, right. It's about meeting people where they're at. And that includes your team and, you know, the broader organization. So it's really, that's a key message folks adapt, <laughs> yeah, adapt and, uh, your methodologies. And let me give you like a super easy, fast way to ideate and do a yeah. brainstorm session. Yeah. Cause people are probably like, we don't all go in the same office anymore, Jody. Like we're not yeah. there together. <laughs> And I get it. So I'm going to go ahead and share what's called an e-storm. And that's where you put your problem out there. You shoot an email to like 10 people uh -huh. and say, Hey, here's my problem. Can you send me three ideas to solve it? And then oh, all of a sudden you now have three ideas from 10 people. You have 30 ideas and it was an email that you sent. Yeah. An email. Then you can then look at those and, and cluster and theme them out. And maybe you have like three ideas that you feel like are solid 
shoot them back to the 10 people that you asked the problem and say, here's my top three. Which one would you start with? Yeah. You know, oh, I love that. It's not like, I feel like everyone wants to make it so structured and so like perfect. Right. It's just, we're not in a perfect world and we're never going to be in a perfect world. So even if you just try a little bit of design thinking here and there, I think it's really going to benefit you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the key message too is make time for it. You know, I think we get so stuck in our patterns and habits and processes to your point that we're not thinking about how can I, how can I do this better with the end user in mind? Um, Jody, this was a wealth of knowledge. Where can people go to buy your books, to get coaching from you, to learn from you? Where's the best places to find you on uh, online or so, wherever? <laughs> yeah. So all of my books are on Amazon. So you can put in Jody with an I and then brand stutter. And, and if you don't think there's a T in it, just add another T. There's a lot of T's <laughs> to the last name. Um, but um, you can find all my books there. And then um, my favorite social media and my go-to is LinkedIn. So please connect with me there. I connect Wonderful. with everyone. Um, and I share all my content there as well. Perfect. Okay. Well, Jody, this was great. I'm so grateful that you took the time to explain design thinking, to put it into really relevant, easy to understand examples. I have no doubt the Change Leader Insights community is going to benefit from this conversation. So thank you for making time to share your wisdom with us. And um, yeah, check out Jody LinkedIn, go to Amazon, buy her books. I have bought one of her books. I actually got the HR by design. So it's in the mail. I can't wait to read it. Um, thank you again. Have a, have a great rest of your day. And yeah, I look forward to keeping in touch with you. Yes. Thank you. I love the conversation and and yeah, I hope this helps. And and like I said, just try to dabble in it a little bit and see what yeah. it does. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, that's okay. Find something that works for you, but awesome. at least try. Absolutely. Great message. All right. Thanks again, Jody. Have a great day.